This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. now where we are seeing uh, a real escalation in the dire nature of the need for equitable access, particularly for people from our communities. I'm joined right now uh, by Dr. Olajide Williams, Chief of Neurology at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital and the co-founder of an amazing organization called Hip Hop Public Health, which was also co-founded with the support of hip hop icon Dougie Fresh. Yes, that's Dougie Fresh. And uh, among its many notable achievements, uh, former First Lady, what we call her forever floatus around these parts uh, forever floatus michelle obama handpicked this organization to produce the soundtrack for her let's move campaign which was aimed at reducing childhood obesity during the peak of the pandemic and we still have music all right there we go <laughs> during the peak of the pandemic entertainers like jamie fox gloria stefan cedric the entertainer chuck d uh daryl dmc mcdaniel charlemagne the god angie martinez and more all appeared in viral music videos for the english and spanish versions of a song called 20 seconds or more 20 segundos o mas, uh, to encourage effective hand washing to stop the spread of COVID. so using hip-hop as a learning tool is extraordinarily important and and since they were founded in 2006, they have provided a research based hip hop infused learning resource set uh, that basically is providing kids between kindergarten and 12th grade uh, information that they're going to need. They've worked with Fortune 500 companies to create culturally inclusive health campaigns. Dr. Williams, you guys have done so much to ensure we have equitable access to health care. Thank you for being with us today. It's a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. We appreciate you, sir. I, I have to ask, let's if you could please give us some background, some information as to what uh, caused the chief of neurology at Columbia Presbyterian University to connect with one Dougie Fresh in a way that was going to allow y'all to make this beautiful music. You see what I did there uh, to make some beautiful music together and create an opportunity for us to get more equitable access to healthcare and information. Yeah, well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the short version because the way me and Dougie met is uh, is actually a, a, for another show, I think, because it's peppered mm. with a lot of exciting uh, information. But um, so you know, as a not as a neurologist, um, I working in the front line uh, of healthcare. I was practicing at Harlem Hospital, um, mm. and um, you know, you know, as a stroke neurologist dealing with with a with with strokes in that community um it was a real tragedy for me personally to see the numbers to see the young people coming in with stroke to to see the fact that wow. we had treatments that were available that weren't being readily accessed um, and one of the biggest drivers uh for the really low rates of treatment uh was 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 just down to lack of knowledge lack of information mm. You know, Harlem Hospitals is a safety net hospital that sees everyone for free. And so this was lack of knowledge, lack of information. And um, and and, you know, you know, I'm not the prophet Hosea, but it is true that, you know, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. The reality is mm. that the reality is that um, people with limited health liter literacy have a 54 percent higher risk of death than people with adequate health literacy skills. So in my mind, 
public wow. health is failing the black community. Uh, public health communication is failing the black community. So we thought that, you know, given hip hop's power, uh, given the, the, the lived experience of, of, of young folks uh, within the hip hop culture, uh, given the way they assimilate it, imbibe it, hip hop teaches them how to dress, how to walk, how to talk, how to drink. Mm. You know, why can't hip hop teach them how to be healthy? Um, why can't mm. hip hop teach health literacy? Uh, why can't hip hop teach them how to look after themselves in a healthier way? And that's really the, the premise of the entire organization. Wow. And that's how Doug and I connected uh, to launch uh, the initiatives that we have. You know, I'm, I love this because I, in my, when I'm not here on these airwaves, I'm an attorney and I work at a law center and we do a lot of work on racial justice advocacy based at McGovern's College in Brooklyn, not Harlem, so we'll forgive you, uh, but we are in Brooklyn, uh, but we do a lot of work and one of the most powerful weapons that I've seen or one of the most powerful tools that I've seen in terms of helping to shrink knowledge gaps has been connecting our music to what is being taught. There's organizations, there's one called Fresh Prep, where they take children out of New York City public schools who have not been able to pass the Regents exam. They take the entire Regents curriculum and y'all who don't live in New York, yes, there's this weird thing we have to do in New York City, public schools, you have to pass this additional test. Even if you pass all your classes, there's this additional test you have to pass to get your full diploma. And Dr. Williams, they took the entire curriculum that the students were expected to master for the Regents exam, put it to hip hop, and those students who had previously failed, they That's have been, up. the passing rates have just been absolutely phenomenal. Up. So the, the ability to to take our music, our culture, not run from it, not fear it, but use it as a tool for helping to empower. I think that is absolutely uh, amazing. And I'm so glad that that is the part of the origin story. You mentioned me that you were that a... The next, let me take that to the next level, what you just said. Go right, please, go right I'm ahead. I'm a neurologist, right? So I'm a brain mm. doctor, right? So, so I understand the power of music in the brain. And a lot of people don't realize this. First of mm. all, music came before the spoken word. But second of all, Music, music occupies twice as much real estate in the human brain as language itself. Really? That is why so... music has such profound effects on our learning, just as you described, on our memory, on our mood, on our ability to retain information. It can reduce blood pressure. It can improve our, it can improve, reduce anxiety. It can de-stress us. All those powers that we experience with music has neurological roots. Wow. You just took it to a whole other place, Dr. Williams. Let's talk about this music real estate in our brain for just a moment. You said music came before the spoken word. We often take pride in ourselves in being an oral people, particularly those of us who are part of the diaspora. We're real proud of that. We are an oral people. You see what we can do on the mic? Yes, but we also know our oral history in addition to the written word as well. But can you tease that out a bit, that point that music came before the spoken word in, in a way that can, can tie all of this together? I'm fascinated by that. So, so music is, is very interesting because music is one of the primal influence influences in our brain. If you look at the evolution um, of, of the human species, um, if you look at the ev ev evolution of the animal species, uh, music is if just look at nature, look at birds, look at animals, even dolphins, mm. music, acoustics. Acoustics has always been the primal form of communication in, in, in our species. And what we find is that 
if you look at the brain, if you dissect the brain, if you look at all the centers that represent language, all the centers that represent music, you'll find music on both sides of the brain, the left hemisphere, which is more analytical and logical, and the right hemisphere, which is more creative. Music is on both sides of the brain. Wow. So when the brain is activated by music, we see that activation across both sides of the brain. Unlike language, which is more one unihemispheric on one side of the brain, predominantly the left side and right-handed people. And so th this, this, this wiring of music in our brains hasn't really been tapped into for, for expanding knowledge, for retaining knowledge, for expanding our ability to learn. However, if you look at musicians, what is so fascinating is that if you look at a musician's brain, it's act, it actually has more robust connections than non-musicians' brains. If you look at an area wow. of the brain called the bridge between the hemispheres, we call it the corpus callosum. It's almost, it's, it's much thicker in the musician's brain because the information going across those from left to right, from right to left, from left to right, it just builds that 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 bridge in a way that musicians' brain are just so brains are just so much more better wired than ours, and and these are the type of uh, advances in knowledge that we need to start leveraging around learning, mm -hmm. around memory, around retention, around around mood. I can give you one specific example that is that that, that I still use today, and that is when a patient loses their ability to speak. We call it an aphasia in neurology. It's, it happens mm. in stroke. When that patient loses their ability to speak, we have a form of therapy called melodic intonation therapy. We use music to get them back on the trajectory of regaining their speech. We call it melodic oh intonation therapy. And that's how powerful music is. And that's why Hip Hop Public Health is not just using music because it's fun. We're using music because of its neuroscientific powers, superpowers. I, I need that to sit for just a second because my audience knows where I'm going to go with my next question. If you've been listening to me at any point, you know where I'm going to go with the next point of this question because you just outlined something that I have fundamentally believed but did not ever have the science to back up and support. So thank you for, for giving us the scientific framing for that and explaining the way the, and y'all, he's a, an actual like neurologist, like a real doctor, okay? So not that y'all who are not neurologists are not real doctors, take it with a grain of salt. My point is you, you've outlined the case for how powerful music is in terms of learning. I just want to deviate just a little bit. What does that mean then, sir, for music that is connected to lyrical content that is anti-humanity or lyrical content that if you've got music, which is this powerful educational medium, what does it mean for those of us who take in a lot of music that is also tied to content that uh, is, is detrimental, is harmful, is worrisome, promotes sort of the negative aspects of society? Does this mean that tying that type of messaging to music makes the message received that much greater? What, what do we know about that part of the science? So we, we know that words matter whether you're putting those words in music or whether you're speaking those words. We, we know the mm. words matter. Words can inspire uh, people to, to commit suicide, you know, jihadists, right? Uh, mm. If you remember Hamlet and Ophelia, when Ophelia heard the words, 
to be or not to be. She decided not to be and she committed suicide. So words matter. And if you put those words into music, you are gonna amplify the power of those words. And so music can have both a, a, a creative positive force or it can have a negative destructive force. And what hip hop public health is doing is we're taking that power of music and we're using it for good, for upliftment, for empowerment, for knowledge acquisition and mm. for behavior change. If you remember mm. when Logic, the, the rapper, uh, did, a, did his song, uh, I believe the song was, was, was titled after the National Suicide Hotline. Um, yes. He actually found that just the song alone led to a 20, 27% increase in calls to that suicide hotline. In fact, there was a, a, a publication by the British Medical Journal. They use what we call a interrupted series analysis design. The publication showed that it didn't only lead to an increase in calls to that hotline, it also reduced, uh, there was a significant, significant reduction in suicide rates. And you know what? We have seen that with hip hop public health. Our mm. content has actually been used to save lives. Mm. Let's talk about that content because you're giving us not just an outline of the potential, you're giving us actual solutions here. And when you said words matter, and my son introduced me to Logic um, on that song. And he, when he was uh, early and late, I think it was a couple of years ago when he was in middle school, but he was like, Ma, did you know about this? And like he, you know, we had no reason to believe that he had any thoughts about it. But the fact that this song had filtered down to his level of TikTok or his level of hip hop engagement, it impressed me because you're correct. Words matter. There is power in that language. And he was coming to me, you know, in his early preteen years and basically saying, did you know this tool exists? You should know about it. And he was able to do that because it was tied to music. Now, had I given him a speech about it, Dr. Williams, it could have gone in one ear and out the other he might not have cared but that it was tied to music made it more relevant to him more salient to people in his in his generation let's talk about some of the work that hip-hop uh that your organization is doing because hip-hop public health is really sitting in the space where many of the the guests we bring on this show you're trying to take this medicinal information medical information and translate it into language music if you will rhythm that our people can ride and our people can embrace talk with us about the science of that what are some of the projects we, we've mentioned mentioned the one uh, with the how to wash your hands properly. And I know a lot of people during the pandemic found out for the first time that they don't know how to wash their hands properly. But what are some of the <laughs> what are some of the other projects you all are working on? Because this is when we talk on this show about taking and I call it African spiritual technology. I know it's like not necessarily a phrase other people would use, but to me, it's like it's a part of our Africanity. When you take something like this and tie it uh, to words that can literally shift the the health paradigms for our community that to me is a solution worth knowing about and investing in give us some examples of some of the other projects that you all have worked on i'll give you one example uh, um so so i started off by telling you that I'm, I'm a stroke expert so one of the things that we were struggling with uh, when i was at the, the front lines of harlem hospital was that we have a, a, a medication called the a TP, it's a clot busting medication and uh, mm -hmm. this medication has been associated with what we call the Lazarus phenomenon. So in other words, when a patient comes in uh, within what we call the golden hour of the onset of symptoms, let's say that patient has a, a paralysis on one side, is unable to speak, and the cause of the stroke is from a blood clot that's blocking a vessel. 
we can give this clot busting medication. If we give it really quickly within that golden hour, we can dissolve that clot and restore blood flow to the brain in a way that all those symptoms, the speech, the paralysis, everything melts away and the patient has a 33 to 50% chance of walking home. This wow. is real, this is real. So, but the problem is at Harlem Hospital, when I was working on the, at the front lines, too many people were coming too late and they were coming mm -hmm. too late outside of that window because they didn't recognize the signs and symptoms of stroke. And they didn't realize that there was this treatment available and then they didn't realize that the treatment was time dependent. Mm. So Dougie and I got together and we, we created a song called Stroke Ain't No Joke. And uh, we, 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 we developed a video to, to the song, highly educational video. Uh, it's probably one of the most widely used stroke videos in the world, quite wow. frankly. We developed a mini curriculum around it um, that included video games, included multiple other videos. And the goal was to teach folks the signs and the symptoms of stroke, teach, these, teach young children the signs and symptoms of stroke, empower those children to communicate that information to their parents and their grandparents. Huh. So when their parents and their grandparents are experiencing the stroke, they know that, that this is a time-dependent situation. And if they get wow. into the hospital fast, they might benefit from the Lazarus phenomenon. And so we put it in, we put a beat around the whole program and we did a lot of research. We did research on 3,300 kids and 1,100 parents. Mm. Out of those, and this was a randomized controlled trial funded by the National Institutes of Health. What we found was that not only could these kids effectively train their, their parents and their grandparents through song, because we put the lyric, we put the symptoms of stroke in the hook of the rap song, the stroke mm. joke song, right? And, and not only could they transfer that information to the parents, but we also found an increase in 911 calls for stroke in the Harlem catchment area, which resulted in more wow. people arriving within that golden hour getting treatments. In mm. fact, we had a few kids who were responsible for saving the lives of their parents. One of these kids, Daniel, got into an argument with his mom because his, his dad was having a stroke in the bathroom. Mom said, told one of the dad to go lie down and take a nap and maybe sleep off the, the symptoms. Daniel, mm. the kid said, no, 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 mom. I learned the fast test in, 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 at hip hop stroke in school. We need to call 911. They called 911 and the, the, the dad had a stroke and we got him to the hospital in time. That's an mm. example of what hip hop public health does. This is fascinating to me. And, and I would be so remiss if I did not ask you because I don't know what the symptoms of stroke were. So I'm not gonna ask you to sing the hook unless you are so inclined, <laughs> sir. But what are the symptoms? So, cause now I, we're all wrapped with attention. Like what are the symptoms that I need to, I need to rhyme? What's, I need them lyrics. I hear I hear so I'm gonna give you one acronym that will, will teach you uh, almost 90% of the symptoms fall under this acronym. And it, okay. the acronym is called Be Fast. B-E for B and F-A-S-T for fast. Okay. And B stands for balance. And so mm. if you have any sudden imbalance or incoordination, that could be a sign of stroke. E stands for eyes. If there, you have sudden visual loss, sudden problem seeing, sudden blurry vision, sudden loss of vision, that could be a sign of stroke. 
F stands for face. If your face on one side is drooping or it's weak and it's asymmetric, that could be a sign of stroke. A stands for arm. If your arm is weak and you can't raise an arm up or you try to raise it up and it falls to the ground and one arm is weaker than another, that could be a sign of stroke. S stands for speech. If you have sudden difficulty articulating your words or slurring your words or your words come out confused and just not making sense and they're nonsensical, sudden difficulty speaking, that could be a sign of stroke. And T is an action item, which means time to call 911. Mm, mm, mm. Shout out to the acronym crew and to young Daniel who heard the song and was able to save his father's life. And sometimes the kids got to argue back with the parents because we be thinking we knowing things and then we didn't listen to the song. Dr. Williams, we didn't get that information. But again, another example how hip hop is able to transcend generations and able to produce a healthier village. This is absolutely fascinating. And I know we have just a minute or two left, but you've used the word research several times and you've outlined a number of the studies. This isn't something that just feels good, although it does. This isn't something that we just kind of intuitively believe does the work. You all are backing up this information and these hypotheses with the actual research and the data that proves them to then be true. Tell us briefly the importance for you as as a neurologist for why having the research, the data-driven support for this effort is so important? You know, I think that when you're dealing with life and death and, and people's health, you can't afford to guess that something works. You mm. can't afford to, uh, to, to play with people's lives. And, and, whether, and, and, and if you give people the wrong information or you give people information in a way that actually has a negative impact, you could harm people. And so in medicine, yeah. one of our first responsibility, the oath, the Hippocratic oath that I took, one of the first things that we are told is to first do no harm. Mm. Beneficence is critical, first do no harm. And so the, the, one of the key ingredients to doing no harm is making sure that when you are recommending, prescribing, or, or even administering something, you must know that whatever that thing is, it's not doing harm. In fact, it is actually helping the individual. And so at Hip Hop mm. Public Health, we believe that we have a responsibility to first do no harm and a responsibility to make sure that all our resources, our tools, our interventions, our curriculums, our programs are research-based because we are not only dealing with a community that's been hurt by, by misinformation and by disinformation, right. we're dealing with a community because of structural racism has been hurt by the system itself. And mm. for us, it is critically important that if we want to uplift our people, those who are living in these disenfranchised contexts, we must make sure we give them medicine that actually works, whether that medicine is information or that medicine is a way to navigate a, a difficult system. We have to prove it works. This is absolutely fantastic. I am so grateful 
Uh, and I want to point out, we're, we're going to be tweeting out the link to the, the information that you shared with us. For those of you who are not following uh, SXM Urban View on Twitter, the website is hiphopstroke.org. That's specifically for the information related to uh, the stroke. And, and it's important for you all to also know all the resources that this organization provides to the community are provided free of charge. And so that is hugely important. And I, you know, I, I just hope that you will convey our love and appreciation to the rest of your team because this is the one of the more powerful uses of our art form as a way of marrying that with our intellect in terms of what we need to know about health and medicine and reducing disparities. This is one of the more powerful ways that I've seen it done in so a very H -H long time. HHPH.org is our website. Um, so you can, you can reach out to us there. You can follow us on, on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, but if you go to hhph.org, that's where you'll find us. Send us a message, okay. reach out, support us. Uh, we're here for you. Question for you, sir. I love to ask this of all my the groups I believe might be nonprofit. Is this a 501c3 organization? Yes, we're a 5013c nonprofit, and all our resources are completely free. So Which that's means why, that the community can support by also going to your website to donate, I would imagine. Yeah. And I always love to point that out because we have a lot of people doing good work, but I run a nonprofit. I know it costs resources. <laughs> it takes it takes support. Uh, but I'm, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for this information, for breaking this down, for giving us the acronym uh, Be Fast. We're going to go over that and make sure that that's something we repeat throughout this show because we want to make sure that that information gets shared. And just thank you for speaking to to the power of music, musicality. I'm hoping that we can get you to come back to talk specifically about that science a little bit more, but the chat blew up as soon as you started talking about the power of music and, and what it does in terms of bridging those both sides of the brain. Uh, and so that is a, an area of information that we desperately need more of, Dr. Williams. Uh, we are so grateful for you. Thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing this information. Really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you.